You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dengel. Now, if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Ryan Dengel. That's D-E-N-G-E-L. I'm going to bring in the assistant editor of Bears Wire. That's Brennan Chagru. Brennan, how are you, buddy? Um, I'm doing great, Ryan. Uh, just recently relocated to hell. Yes, we are living <laughs> in hell, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, everything is just fantastic here. Um, yeah, really loving these new digs after this 0-2 start. It's, it's where we belong. About to be 0-3, and, and I don't really think you're going to find many people arguing with that except for the people that really drink the Kool-Aid. Let's bring in Patrick Sheldon. Uh, now, Brennan Shagru, if you want to find him on Twitter, it's at Brennan Shagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. Patrick Sheldon, if you want to hit him on Twitter, it's P underscore Shells. Hi, Shells. How are you, buddy? Hey, guys. I'm doing great. Just awesome. I don't believe you. <laughs> no, you shouldn't believe me. You shouldn't believe me. All right, let's let's bring in Mr. Positivity, the guy that was angrily keeping us happy last week. It's Jack Wright. If you want to find Jack on Twitter, it's at BearDownJack. Jack, so how's that positivity this week? It's waning a little bit, I think. Uh, it was tough, tough day today for our Bears. Hey, Brendan, did you, I'm curious, in hell, when you got there, did you have to yeah. wait in line or did you like, do they have a special place for you? I don't know what kind of life you've led so far. So, you know what? They just ushered me right on in. They said, "I know, I know why you're here." They saw the hat. They were yeah. like, "Okay, this this is your spot now." We got a nice cushy chair filled with nails that just you know really make things feel super uncomfortable. And I just get to watch this Bears offense over and over until my eyes bleed. How does my room look, Brendan? Um, it's a little tiny. I thought it was okay. going to be a little bit, uh, a little bit better for you. Is but, Dan there? Uh, is Dan already there, Weeder, or is he? <laughs> that would. Be He's waiting for him. I'd have to be rude <laughs> to Dan Weeder. That would be go to hell. Go to he- heaven for the company. No, heaven for the view. Hell for the company. Right? Isn't that? That's yes, how that works. Right. <laughs> oh man, I got to keep yeah, turning it off though because it keeps saying like you know it might take my internet, and we know how that goes. <laughs> I'll bring it back every once in a while. All right. Yeah. Let's Jack, you got us. Uh, yeah. We're going to, uh, we're going to plug some sponsors. We're, we're going to talk about Sheridan's barbershop located in downtown Wheaton, Illinois. It's super exciting. Do you think we can share what's happening? You know, Will was supposed to actually be here tonight, yeah. but he is not here right now. So I want to wait for Will. Yeah. I think that's, you know, he's excited. He's got big news. And so he wants to share that. So let's, let's wait for that. You know what that is? That is a great radio tease, Ryan. Way to go, buddy. Sheridan's Barbershop, located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 69 years with six barbers open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. 
you can go to the internets and type in SheridanBarbers.com or you can call 630-668-0137 on your rotary telephone at home and you can book your appointment today. Uh, Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. So Brendan, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I want to do this like immediately because I think it's going to be more interesting if we get this right out of the gates. Everybody knows the Bears lost and it sucked and the Bears are going to be 0-3, but I think you might need to break it down for us and how it went. We go down to the state known as America's Wang for the matchup between the Bears and the Buccaneers. And in a touching tribute to the state's orange delicacies, the Bears donned their bright orange helmet and jerseys because that's what it's really about, kids. And that was also for you, Ryan Dangle. When the game got underway, the Bears' defense melted away like orange creamsicles. Dusty Baker Mayfield managed this game better than the 2003 Cubs when they went up three early. But Justin Fields channeled his inner Josh Beckett for a bit and let it rip when he got the chance. DJ, more, more, more. How do you like? me how do you like me more 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 just throw it to me just throw it to me he got the ball early and off and that led to a seven to three lead but the buckos would respond as rashad walter white said i am the one who knocks on the door of the end zone that is the team's traded field goals go into halftime before mike chris evans channeled his inner captain america saying i can do this all day against this bear secondary when he scored a touchdown and had 171 yards but just as all hope seemed lost the most unlikely hero surface, just like finding Bigfoot in the forest or the Loch Ness Monster in Scotland. Boom! Chase Claypool of all players suddenly appears in the end zone for a touchdown. The last time we saw one of those, Patrick Sheldon still had a full head of hair and a reason to care about this team. The Bears just needed one more score, though. But Jack Barrett said, I owe you an apology. I wasn't real familiar with your trash play calling. It carried an interception into the end zone. The Bears lose 17-27 and have their fans already wanting to jump off the Sunshine Skyway Bridge. He's so good at it. And Brendan, we miss you. And thank you for, for, for making us smile a little bit and your creativity and your awesomeness. I just... Boys, I was I was sending in our text thread. I think I'm at the worst place you can be as a fan. I'm apathetic. And it's and it's week two. Like just I just don't just don't care. They're they're done. Like they're they're done. Yeah. They're done. Yeah. I, I, I go ahead, Brandon. No, 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 go ahead. I want you I want I want to hear your thoughts. Well, I, I was just gonna say, I mean I agree with you. It sucks. Uh I tweeted out earlier that I didn't think it was possible to be this down on the bears, this apathetic uh, after two weeks. Like when I thought about the season beforehand, I had some optimism with a touch of realism. I knew this, this season could go a number of different ways, but this particular permutation of how this first two weeks unfolded never entered my calculus. Um, And I don't think that I ever contemplated being this down about this team after two weeks. But I feel like the season's over. Reasons to watch may be over. Uh, and I joked last – well, not really joked. I, I mean, I said last week I didn't think the number one pick was off the table. Nothing about this performance today uh, made me think that, that you know, changed my mind on that. I think the number one pick is still very firmly within our grasp. I feel like we're going – we have gone backwards – 
And it's insane to say that after a three and 14 season where there was very little positivity from last year, that we can actually look at this team, look at the additions they made, look at the con- continuity. I can't even say the word continuity that they have and say that this team is actually in a worse place now than, than they were at the end of 2022. Like that seems impossible to say, but it's not like we continue to see a divide between Justin Fields and Luke Getze. I think fields like I was talking with my buddy, uh, my buddy, Brad, I'm watching the games with, and we are just dissecting his throwing motion. It looks so janky. It feels like we're like holding on for dear life. Like I'm clutching my pearls every time that he drops back, hoping and praying that he completes a pass because he's either going to hold on to the ball too long. He's going to just, you know, make an errant pass. He's going to get sacked. We don't know. It's such a mystery. And then you see all these other quarterbacks. They're like, drop back and fire, drop back and fire. They're also playing in offenses where receivers aren't running the same route right next to each other. I mean, like, it it just continues. Seeing what we did last week, it continues to get worse. Even when we see those little flashes, like the Chase Claypool touchdown, I thought was the best throw that he had all season. But then that whole drive. That whole drive, yeah, it, it was great. And you're like, this is this is what you can be. And then the very next drive, one, you call a horrific screen pass right in the middle of the field when the defender clearly knew that it was coming. It, it, it's just another example of guys that, you know, Getsy and Fields aren't on the same page. Um, I, I want to – you guys want to play a quick game, just a really quick game? Sure, I'm do, like uh, games. Play, play. Well, okay, will cool. it we'll this more sadder or will it make me happier? Well, Jack, I don't know. Um, probably sadder, but let's oh, find out. Let's All right. Go. Let's do it. Just yeah. Okay, so I'm going to read you the player A, player B stats, and you're going to tell me who they are. I'll give you a hint. One of them's Fields. But this player A, through two games, 40, was 57 of 85 for a 67% completion percentage. 514 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions for a quarterback rating of 81.5. Player B is 40 of 66, 60% completion percentage, threw for 427 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions for a quarterback rating of 69.6. So the second one is obviously Fields. Okay. Is Lamar number one? Was he playing? No, it's not. Jack, do you have a guess? Is our oh. listener correct? Sumesh. But shout out to Sumesh, by the way. He's very yeah. – uh, he, he's awesome. He's been awesome. Uh, no, it is not CJ Stroud. Good guess, though. Ryan, do you have a guess? Someone mm. that sucks more than us. But <laughs> How many touchdowns did Player A have again? Yeah. Two touchdowns through uh, two games. I've got an idea. Okay. Is it, is it Dobbs? It's not Dobbs. Um, it's not, it's, it's not from this season, guys. Head. It's not from this season. That Are is we Mike doing the Glennon Mitch from thing? 2017. Oh, oh, mm. oh. Mike Glennon oh from 2017. <laughs> Mike Glennon had a higher completion percentage. He had more yards. He had a better quarterback rating. He had less interceptions. We are not as good as Mike Glennon. Guys, the Arizona Cardinals, who by all accounts may be tanking, even though they won't publicly admit it, have a first-year head coach who looked like Michael Scott from the office to start the offseason is a defensive guy brings in Josh Dobbs off the street like a, a week ago and they were two minutes left in the third quarter and still had not had a three and out on offense 
They were almost through an entire game through three quarters without a three and out with that setup and that infrastructure. And on the opposite side, Shells, Danny, Daniel Jones looked amazing in the second half leading that comeback. Like, he yeah. looked like a really good quarterback. Every single guy, it feels like, has had those big moments where things have – it just looks like it clicks no matter who the player is, whether it's Josh Jobs, like you said, or just, you know, somebody who else struggles like Daniel Jones. We don't get that with Fields. It's it's pulling teeth to try yeah. and get him to make that those right so, reads. That's so, it. boys – I've been thinking about this question and we've kind of talked about this a little bit in the text chain. And it's, it's time to throw it out there for everybody, not just us. Um, Fields is, is regressed. He's not playing very well this season. Um, We've already seen a lot of people say he's not the guy. So my question is this, whether you think of it as a struggle or a complete failure or the, the fact that he's not the guy, is it because they drafted the wrong quarterback or because organizationally they failed him is it somewhere in between all of that? What are you guys kind of thinking about this? Jack, I really, I, if it's okay, I would like to come to you first on this one. Sure. Well, then we'll go Shells and Chagru. Just because, you know, Jack, I know you, you've, you know, obviously coaching high school is not the same as coaching the pros. Um, but but I'm, I'm just, I want to get a little thought from a coach on this one, I guess. Yeah, and I would just say holistically, I, I started the week saying that this team is not going to be rebuilt with just two drafts. And that Justin Fields is not going to be developed with just, what is it, 25, 26 starts. So not not trying to be Mr. Positive, Mr. Positivity still necessarily, but trying to think a little bit more in terms of zooming out. It is very easy to get caught in the moment. And the last two moments, the last two games have been, have been terribly bad. What did Rex Grossman get? Did he get five years, six years? What did Mitch get? I mean, I, so we're, we're looking at... Brendan, you could probably answer those questions because I never remember that stuff. <laughs> well, no, I'll just say for the Mitch one, this was yeah. this was the time where the wheels started to fall off the Mitch train, like okay. a few games into season three. So I think we're on okay. par with that. Okay. And I mean, Rex, it's kind of it's hard because he barely played in 03, barely played in 04, he barely played in 05. 2006 was really the first time he actually had a okay. full season. So I, here's what I was thinking. I think and what I, what I texted or what I tweeted today was that Again, thinking more historically and big picture, we have an organization that is historically bad at the quarterback position. There's almost no way to refute that. It is a fact. It is we have we are a laughing stock in the entire league. We've seen the graphics time and time again in prime time, the turnover in quarterbacks. So <laughs> we draft a quarterback who potentially has the talent and the tools to be our franchise quarterback. And we go and we get a defensive minded head coach. And if we go with Ryan's train of thought, which I, I will partially agree with here. We don't take the time to develop the offensive line or the skill position tools that that quarterback needs. So are we going to now sit here and be surprised that all of a sudden we watch a quarterback kill a drive, kill a drive as he watches wide receivers run open and stands with the ball and takes sacks because he's frozen, because he can't process, because he, like how many expert analyses do we need to watch of pros talking about him not recognizing and ripping it before we realize that we have a trend here and it's an alarming trend. 
Now, whether he could ever do that or not is a bit of interesting debate on my my X feed right now. There are some of our fans and listeners and followers who are saying he never had those abilities or tools. He never had the ability to um, recognize coverage, read defenses, throw guys open, and rip it. He just had a fantastic offensive line and elite wide receivers. And so that, I mean, that'd be an interesting argument to have. I'm not sure where I stand. But what I do know is that the Bears don't develop quarterbacks. They have never developed quarterbacks. And now we're looking at another instance that's eerily similar to our last quarterback, who wasn't the same talent level, who wasn't a franchise quarterback. I don't see any way we don't take fields when we take fields. He's there for the taking. He drops. He's second on our board. So we take him. And I, I, I didn't doubt it at the time. I don't think I still doubt it. But what I do know is that one thing leads to another. The Bears don't develop quarterbacks. And now we have a quarterback who seemingly is not proficient at reading defenses and who is not proficient at releasing the ball when wide receivers are open, who is taking sacks and is in some instances killing our offense. I, I agree with all that, Jack. And I'll, I'll add a little bit to it. 99.9% of quarterbacks that come out need to be developed. The Peyton Mannings are one in a million, right? And so it is incumbent on the coaching staff to get them NFL ready. Not every quarterback comes in with the the feel for anticipating throws and, and recognizing NFL open versus college open. There's a lot of developing that needs to take place. And you start with, I know Brendan's hit this a number of times in his articles and on this podcast, you start his tenure with a regime who is ousted the next year. He goes through two offensive systems in his first two years. You hire a defensive coach, as you said. And, and I'll admit, I, I like the Eberflus hire. I think where he got it wrong was bringing in Getze. Um, I would have preferred Caldwell, I think, at the time, somebody with a little bit more experience. But um, you bring him in, you, you know, uh, you come up with a game plan that's a little bit better than Nagy's, which was an absolute torpedo job for the kid. It was a little bit better than Nagy's, but not much. Then Getsy finally realizes like four weeks into the season, I, what I have and, and, and what his strengths are and plays to them. And he seems to take off towards the end of the year. And people are excited about this year. You get a whole off season with him to work with him and his weapons. You go out and get him Claypool, get DJ Moore, they drafted a right tackle uh, in the first in the first round of the draft, and you think, okay, you got a whole off season in the new system with the coaches and and quality players. Mooney's back. Like, let's see the the development. And you come out with a game plan that is antithetical to everything that worked last year. His drop back looks different. His motion looks different. Everything about it is just it's it's worse. And it's not just Fields that is worse. I mean, Brendan, you, you opened it or led with it in the open. Like we've spent a ton of money on the defense. They look worse. We tried to bolster the offensive line. They look worse. We, we uh, bolstered the wide receiver room. We don't use them. That's all coaching. That's all a failure in coaching. And, and that's why I'm not ready to be a hundred percent out on polls yet. I agree. He's had some missteps, uh, particularly in the free agent game, but he has gotten some good players for this for the staff, and they look worse this year. They're not players are not getting better under this regime. 
And that is entirely on, on coaching and development. And I don't, I don't have any faith right now in this staff's ability to develop the talent that is drafted. So, so Shells, I wanted to ask that. Sorry, Brennan, I don't mean to cut you off, but uh, it, it, I know you were like Eberflus, Eberflus, Eberflus. And Jack, to some extent last year, I think he won you over. Are you guys still feeling that? Because I hated the hire to begin with. And I, I, I sort of felt maybe a little bit convinced at the end of last year. And now I just, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting my head against the wall going, I, I don't know how you support yeah. this guy. The defense looks way worse with more talent. Like I, so where do you here's, guys kind of stand on that? Here's where, because I was, I was probably the biggest Eberflus supporter on the podcast. So let me kind of start with where I fell off the Eberflus wagon. And it's when I realized the hits principle is full of shits. Um, when I realized that, that Eberflus has no backbone and uh, the hits principle is just an, an empty metaphor. The minute I saw Claypool quit and he came back after that game with, yeah, we're, you know, we talked to Chase and there were no consequences for him. Uh, and, and, you know, you think back to Tevin Jenkins, who was seemingly in the doghouse for the whole season last year, for what? Like, how does Tevin Jenkins get in the doghouse and unable to get out? But Claypool, who quits in a game, has no repercussions or consequences. Um, hits principles fine. Like, I didn't, I know it was kind of corny and people didn't like it. I didn't have a problem with it so long as you enforce it. But the minute you don't, with one of your superstars who, who by all accounts, even to the other players, quit in the last game uh, and you don't do anything about it, you can't have any credibility in front of those players. And then Claypool comes out today, Christ almighty. He says he didn't know it was a screen. He thought it was a run. Like, when are we going to hold this guy accountable for his for, – he's had a year and a half almost to – or about a year to learn the playbook. Like, when are we going to start holding this guy accountable? So that's where I kind of – uh, started to be out on, on Eberflus when his actions didn't back up the rhetoric. And that, that kind of opened my eyes a bit. I thought he could have been a good coach. I thought he could have been a nice executive CEO type that delegated, let his, his coordinators do their thing. The problem is he's hired shit coordinators apparently, and they can't do their thing. So uh, it's been a catastrophic failure, but we talked about it a bunch. Like this all goes back to the bears, not pulling on the same side of the rope and starting in order of succession with a president who then hires a general manager who then hires a head coach and they figure it out together. But we're always kind of like piecemealing it. Um, you know, we got the coach, but now we got to go get the GM and we got to get the the president or we got the, the GM, but now we got to go get a quarterback and then force, you know, a coach on the court. It's like, we just can't do things like a normal franchise. And so if I'm them, if I'm the bears, I know it's a little bit, uh, knee-jerk reaction like but I go in tomorrow I don't care I know it's gonna it would be criticized but I would fire the whole staff I would start over from scratch I would let Kevin Warren do his thing pick his guys and you start over next year because I love Fields I think he's uber talented but I think he's irreparably broken at this point and I think it's largely because of the organization um, but point and blame at this at this stage is sort of pointless to me because it, we are where we are I think he's – I don't know that he's salvageable in this organization. Um, and I think the Bears need to recognize that and move on and let this kid go someplace else and maybe he can catch on and and have a, a, a decent career someplace else. But this organization just doesn't have the infrastructure to support a young, talented quarterback like him. I have a question. Who's coaching this team if the entire staff gets let go tomorrow? 
I mean, I'm, that's kind of serious. Like, that's I, I understand what you're saying, but like, you, that's that's unheard of. You you can't like let go of an entire staff after week two. You could, I mean, not the whole. You don't clean house and get rid of every single staff member. I don't think it matters who finishes out the season. Who really cares at this point? Like, they're not playing for anything. So yeah, you you keep whoever around uh, to finish out the season. I don't care. It could be pick a guy. Right. Or you bring in a Caldwell, see, call, give him a call, see if he wants to come in and, and finish out the season I, at this. It doesn't really matter. Like, honestly, does it matter if you're starting over from scratch next year with a new general manager and a new head coach and probably a new quarterback? Like, what does it matter who, who finishes out this season calling plays? Is it going to be much worse than what we currently have? I think it can be. I, I don't know. I just can't. I, I understand it. Like, believe me. And I'm not like, you know, trying to be Mr. Like, you know, sunshine and rainbows here because it's not. But I just can't get on the board with like cleaning house two weeks into a season, letting go of a coach. And I and just because do you it's think a long term solution, though, like, do you think because this is where the Bears always step on their schwanz, right? They keep people around way too long. We knew yes. Ryan Pol- or we knew yeah. Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy weren't the guys years earlier, but the Bears didn't make that move until it was too late. Like, does anybody honest honest question, guys? Anybody think that like this is this is the coach and the quarterback and head offensive coordinator combination moving forward? Like, do you no. all think that that's well, so? I guess so we're, we're just delaying the inevitable. I right? don't. I don't know. And I'll just say. And this is, you guys are going to laugh at me. You guys are going to, you know, I'm sure people are going to be like, you know, this doesn't correlate or whatever, but I just can't get there after two weeks of it, of the second season, because I remember, I remember 2005, Lovey Smith was one and three and it, everything was awful. Defense was awful. Offense was awful. Offense kind of stayed awful, but things did turn around and they were able to build on those kind of key cornerstones that they had. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying still need to let it play out a little bit. And now we could very well get into like October, you know, end of October, early November, and then things are probably going to have to change. Okay. But like, I just don't know. I don't know what doing it now in September does when you could do it, when things could potentially change. There's still a lot of season left. And then if things do end up still like staying south, don't go north. You then clean house like as the season goes on, and then you're then you really start talking about the tank commanders back and going into uh, 2024 trying to get the number one pick. I just I don't know. I get what you're saying, man. I really do. I'm not uh, like you know if things if you believe things aren't going to change, why not you know do it now? I just can't get on board with doing it in on September 17th. I guess my question would be what has happened, you know, in two games so far this year where a guy, I'll just speak for myself, a guy who I thought did an excellent job of increasing discipline, increasing uh, efficiency of paring down penalties of what seemed to be a process of film film analysis and improving individual players a guy who had a team that was incredibly, um, you know, uh, Ill, the roster was terrible and yet the bears didn't quit. And so there was a talk of like building foundational um, measures to like, to try to improve for the future. So like, I, I, I get none of those things have shown up in two games and that is alarming and confusing to me. 
but I got to believe that 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 is not just gone. All of a sudden, a guy who was able to to be a solid defensive coordinator in you know for the Colts and clearly has a football acumen. I'm not saying he's a great coach. I'm not saying he's a. I'm just saying how is that just gone all of a sudden? And now we we just got to trash it and move on. I, I don't think it is gone. I think that there is a possibility that we we may see the team come together and improve. And I would also mention, and I don't remember the exact number, but how many new starters do we have? A lot. How many new starters do we have? And a lot. And guys are injured too. And guys are see, injured. And how long does it take then, you know, to be able to try to get the the guys on the field that you want on the field? doing what it is that you expect them to do. And especially with almost no preseason anymore, so that really the developmental stages are happening in the first four games, let's be frank. And that's true of a lot of teams, not just the Bears. And again, I'm not trying to just say it's all happy and sunshine. I'm just saying, I don't, I'm not with you, Shells. I don't think you can the staff after two games. It's not a terrible idea, but I don't think you do it. I think there is a chance that it gets turned around, and I don't think that all of a sudden flu is just dog shit uh, out of nowhere. Jack, I, I I think I understand exactly what you're saying, but I don't agree with you. Uh, I, I don't think that they should fire everybody right now. I do think Luke Getze, they need to have some very serious conversations. Uh, we watched the GTO Sullivan thing. He was scheming guys open at times, but also having guys run the same routes. Uh, there were a couple times basically saying like, what, what design is this? Is this a JV1 install? The thing that I come back to is last week, guys, plural, not just one, quit on this team. That's culture. That is absolute culture. And, and I do think that that falls on the head coach. And I, I get the sense, and I don't know this, right? But I get the sense that last year it was, you know what? It's not Nagy. And this guy is working really hard to, to, to help us through this process. And you know what? We're going to play hard for him. And then as the season got very much to the tail end in the offseason, they start to say, oof, this guy is not what we thought that he was. He's he's not that guy, and they're not going to play hard for him. That's what it seemingly looks like to me. Again, I don't know any of that stuff, but but I just you know, and maybe it is a self fulfilling prophecy because I didn't like Getsy, uh, I didn't like, um, excuse me, Eberflus from the start. But I just don't think he's your guy. And you know, I I, I guess to some extent I agree with Shells, but I but I do think it's way too early to can the entire staff. I do think you need to send a message though, right? You sit Claypool, and you know what? You say Getsy. Guess what? You're not calling plays. I, I don't know who would do that. Andrew Jonico. I don't know. So I I don't think last week we you know last week is last week. We know that players were not giving their best effort. We know that the defense looked like garbage for much of the game. For some of those areas, I thought, and Jack kind of pointed to that this out already, those were improvements. The penalties did go down. The effort was better, even in the scorching heat. Guys were in and out with injuries, and you know, Brisker was dealing with an illness. Eddie Jackson was out. They had two very young safeties. And you know what? If you told me that the defense gave up 20 points, they had a bend but don't break mentality for the most part, and there were some issues, believe me, but I was more encouraged by this defensive performance and what Eberflus did calling plays than I was last week. I, I what? Are you kidding you okay? me? There was more okay. pressure. I mean, it was the Tampa Bay Bucks and Baker F and Mayfield. Like, let's. They, they, let's yeah, well, you also got good like wide receivers a, like Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, who just needs a quarterback to throw it up because he's uh, so damn uh, talented. 
but a couple yeah. times it was Baker Baker missing wide open players is why the the defense got off the field, right? A fluke play or something like that, as opposed to good defensive. So I mean, like the guys were running wide open because of because of a defensive structure too. Like how I many thirty, like you almost had me yards. Convinced. How many I'm not guys. I'm not saying it was great, but I think it was that they allow. And, and look, look, look I, I, here's the deal. It, like I, Dangle hit it. They effing came out flat in game one of the biggest effing game of the season against their rival, against the Packers, when they had a chance to change the narrative with Aaron Rodgers gone and Jordan Love making a second start, and they came out flat. Like, that's the ball game for me. If you're a coach and you can't get your guys to play hard in that freaking game, that's it. You have no credibility as far as I'm concerned. How do you come into that game and your players give up in that effing game? We're not talking – they're 0 and 14. We're not talking the end of the season that they're not fighting hard, which is when you'd expect players to give up. We're talking about game one of a new era against your arch rivals at home with the entire city frothing at the mouth for this game. Yeah. And they have the balls to come out dead and give up and quit and not know the plays and not be able to execute, not know what routes to run, not give a shit to block at all like that's that's a you're right dangle that's a culture thing that is on the coaching staff for not being prepared themselves and not preparing their players to be on the field that's unacceptable that was last week we're, right. we're talking about last week i know but i saw i did see a little bit of improvement we're talking about not good culture, enough and they quit in week one of the season they were believing quit. their own hype. They were believing their own hype. Too much talk, too many players saying it's going to be different. Everything's different. And then you know what? You did not back it up. You were thinking that you were hot shit because you're facing an unproven quarterback who's been in the same system. But again, I'm not talking about week one. We know what week one was. It was a shit show. I'm just talking about what we saw this past Sunday. But yeah. And Brendan, I, I do think you have some, some valid points is that guys played better. But I wonder – is that a guy playing better because he wants to make sure he stays on a roster or because the head coach has inspired him to do so? It may seem like very subtle differences or, or like not at all differences, but I do think there's something to be said there. I don't think that Eberflus is the guy. Now, this is not at all where I thought this like podcast was going to go. Um, like long term, like we can we could argue about this this for days. I think that the real core of this issue is where do we go from here? And I think the thing that is most um, alarming, most frustrating that, that, uh, for all of us is we don't know, you know, you thought Justin Fields flash last year, this could be the guy, give him a good off season, give him the right guys. And I don't think they gave him the right guys in which to do so. And that's the, the thing that really sucks is now maybe, maybe, maybe first overall pick. I don't know that I'm there just yet shells, but, but they, they're going to have two first round picks. Maybe they have the, the, the ammo to go get Caleb Williams and maybe Caleb Williams as someone else has, has put out there is maybe he's going to pull a, uh, uh, an Eli Manning and say, Hey, Chicago bears don't draft me. Or maybe he's going to say, you know what? I don't think I want to play in Chicago because Chicago is where quarterbacks go to die. I don't think Mitch Trubisky was going to be a great quarterback by any stretch. Like that, that, that is, that's long dead. But if he had been drafted by KC, is he a serviceable quarterback? Not a great quarterback, but a serviceable quarterback. I kind of wonder about it. Maybe, maybe he is. Maybe if you have a coach that actually teaches them how to read defenses, maybe it's possible. Maybe he never had it. I don't know. But what I'm saying is that Justin Fields 
flashed, like truly flashed on two drives today, more so in the one in the fourth quarter, that six for six, he was incredible. That's the quarterback that we said, oh, that's the guy that we drafted. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, yeah, but that's, that is so far. The issue is it's just so few and far between. Like the first drive was yes. fantastic. He was poised. He was confident with firing more. And then they drive down, get the touchdown. And then the next play, it was minus 14 yards. The next drive, it was like, you know, nine yards total, like just looking at the play-by-play sheet. And I mean, look, we – I'm going to highlight Bruce. Uh, by the way, shout out to Bruce. He's a bronze fan, so he knows our suffering <laughs> just on a different <laughs> Thanks, scale. <Bruce>. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were within a field goal. Fields got the ball back with time and I think like what? One timeout and with the potential to potentially tie the game or even win the game. And once again, he and Luke Getze not on the same page. The screen call was horrific. I, I just It feels like when – I said it last week – when Fields is throwing well, when throwing good, he's throwing out to bad plays. He's throwing to bad play calls or um, things like that. Um, when he's playing bad, guys are open or he's just not hitting guys. Um, certain plays, even on screen passes, he was holding the ball too long. And I remember the uh, it was the fumble that turned out to be incomplete. Tyler Scott was wide open. It, like he was open the whole time. He should have just gotten it. It may have gone for like, you know, four, five yards or something, but there was no reason to hold it as long as he did. It's just that there was an opportunity to win and the offense as a whole broke down and, and it led to the loss late in the I, game. I think the coaches are in his head because Probably. I know last year people are arguing with me on Twitter about this and I think they're wrong, uh, but when Fields saw it last year, he ripped it for the most part. He didn't have the anticipation last year, and we knew he had to work on that coming in. But, th- my God, there were play- multiple plays this week and last week with multiple options open. And he, it's like he's – it's like we saw with Mitch where he just he didn't – he just didn't trust it. Like it's almost as if he was too open. Um, but – Something's fundamentally wrong with him because he did not do that last year. If he saw a guy open, he threw it. Uh, that was the criticism that he needs to see a guy open before he throws it. And we knew that. We knew he had to work on, on anticipation throws. But this year, he's not even thrown when he sees it open, when he's got multiple guys open. Like, what happened between last year and this year? Again, that's, that's coaching. They're trying and to do he- something different with him. And he's not running either. That's another thing that we haven't talked about at all. He's a gifted athlete running the football and you just, you've taken that away from him. It, it, it comes down to one word for me. And I was my buddy and I just kept saying this over and over lack of urgency. There is no urgency in the pocket from the moment he drops back. And I know Robert Schmitz put out a video that kind of compares from 2021 to now he's slower. It's just not there. I mean, you know, and, and shells, I think that it's, it's definitely a valid point. Like there's too many, there could potentially be too many voices in his ear and he doesn't know what to do with it. And helping guys are out coaching him or coaching the athleticism and the things that make him special out of him. And now we're left with a quarterback who has very little confidence, who doesn't know when to throw the ball or not. He looks broken. He looks yeah. like he's been broken by this organization. Yeah, but can he be broken and still have those two drives that we talked about, or is he developing? But Jack, that and that's that's what I I'm, I'm, I keep beating my head against the wall because I can't figure it out. Yeah, because for those two drives, 
I mean, he and the, let's talk about the second one because I think the second one was far more impressive. Six for six, right? And that touchdown pass was a was a was a laser. It was perfect pass, yeah. right? And I just you're like that guy. But then the very next play, like what? Or the next the next drive, you're like, oh, why are you holding the ball so long? Rip it, dude! Like throw it, throw it, throw it, yeah. throw the ball. Like it, I I just I I don't get it. The, if he were still developing, you would see those flashes more consistently. Um, that's where I think that's where I think you see development is when you see those things happen on a more consistent basis. When you see them intermittently, that's just because he's so freaking talented. And and eventually, you know, talent is going to have have its moment in the sun. Um, but I just think I I don't think he's developing the way I hoped he would. And again, we can talk about who's to blame for that. I personally think the majority of the blame goes to the coaching staff and the situation he was brought into and a number of other things. But some of it's on him too. Um, But I don't think that he's necessarily developing so much as you're just seeing flashes of his his uber talent and athleticism come through in those moments. Um, And But it's the coaching staff that's not allowing those to shine through more because – like you said, then the very next drive, we go to like 14 screens in a row. And at some point, the coach has to uh, – they have to um, develop a rhythm and and keep that thing moving, right? Like wh- why do we stunt – we saw a lot with Nagy. Remember where we would go, comes out and has a great drive and then has to muck it up with some stupid play call with some triple reverse with a tight end tossing it to like a left tackle eligible or something. You'd be like, what are you doing? Everything was working. Why are we getting too cute? And it's almost like he gets, he wants to like dial it back and go, Oh my God, thank God we had, we completed two passes of more than 10 yards. Let's take a deep breath. Let's all just get comfortable with some screens for a while. Um, I don't know. It's up to the coach to cultivate those talents and, and keep that momentum going. And they've failed to do that. Boys, is it okay? Can we actually we do something we haven't done in a long time? So actually since last season, we didn't do it last week. I want to go to the outhouse and the penthouse just because uh, it, it, it's a thing that I want to talk about the rest of the team. I know we could really get fixated on Justin Fields. We could get fixated on all that stuff. Um, are you guys okay with that? Can we do that? Let's do it. It's time for the outhouse and the penthouse. The outhouse and the penthouse is brought to you by our guy, Jeff Cadwalder. He has been working so hard since the beginning of the year to expand his real estate services to now include commercial properties. Boys, he's been killing it. It doesn't matter if you're a business owner, a homeowner, or an investor. If you're looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial or residential properties, Jeff is our guy. Call or text Jeff Cadwalder with SVN. Landmark today at 630-254-4734 or visit GenevaJeff.com. All right, so boys, let's do this. Let's go first because the Bears lost. Let's go to the outhouse. Please, boys, can we keep this a little bit more on the brief side? And I think that we can. We've we've already talked about a lot of stuff. So for this, let's go Brendan, Patrick, Jack, and I will finish it up. Brendan, Patrick, Jack, and I will finish it up. All right, since we already talked about a lot of the bad things, I'm going to talk about a guy we haven't. That's Bayless Jones Jr. Um, Active for the first time. One rush, negative three yards. Stupid end around after that touchdown drive. It was awful. Non-factor in the passing game. Even with, I thought it was interesting, with Darnell Mooney out, they chose to go with Trent Taylor over Bayless Jones as a wide receiver. Oof. I mean, 
Even when you're on the field for those gadget plays, you can't even do them well. So uh, Bayless Jones is in my outhouse, but he has a lot of other company. In my outhouse is the decision to sit your best blocking wide receiver for the second straight game. Uh, Again, failure to hold Chase Claypool accountable. I hope we see it next week, but if they're going to run the types of plays that Getsy's calling, they need ESB in the game. Uh, my my outhouse, I guess, is going to be the number zero, uh, z- zero sacks, and zero turnovers forced. And I just I think that it's become, <laughs> you know, clearly obvious that those are the types of big plays on defense. Even though I do agree with Brendan, honestly, that I thought that the defense put up a valiant effort today, uh, despite some gross errors. Um, but if the number is zero in terms of sacks and forced turnovers, you're not going to win games. So mine goes out to Getsy, but not for the stuff that we've been talking about, for the lack of run. So, boys, I don't know if you know this, but Khalil Herbert only had seven rushes, but for 35 yards, that's five yards a pop. And then Roshan, four for 32, that's eight yards a pop, right? And then Khalil Herbert has one reception for 23 yards. Why aren't you getting those guys involved? We, we ran the ball. We were the best team in the NFL rushing the football last year. It's like giving it up for screens that don't work. Infuriating. All right, boys, let's head back out to the penthouse. Same order, please. My outhouse goes, oh, right, we're on penthouse. There's good things that happen. <laughs> um, but I'll say honorable mention, since I thought you were going to mention him, Tyreek Stevenson for outhouse. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. that one. He was He was bad. You know what? Look, he, he's gotten a lot of hate and deservedly so, but I am proud of Chase Claypool for actually doing something today. Um, that was a good touchdown catch. I think he needed it. He had a couple other catches. I thought he was more involved and enthusiastic with blocking. Say what you want to say. Like, And I think the Pulse comments earlier in the game where Glazer, Jake Glazer said, you need to ship up or we're going to ship you out. Um, shape up or we're going to ship you out. Um, I, I Look, I thought he had a better game, so I'm I'm happy for Chase Claypool. It needs to be more, but um, I thought he did okay. I'm, I mean, <clears throat> there's not much, so I, don't hate me, guys. I'm going to take the uh, the easy one here, Cairo Santos. Oh, had a oh, nice yarder. Nice, yeah, fifty plus yarder, uh, Mister Reliable. You know, he'll probably miss when it actually matters when they're about to win their first game of the season. But for right now, he's been pretty good. Uh, I'm on the TJ, um, check that TJ Edwards train. Um, although I'm also on the TJ Brooks train cause he's a great guy, but, uh, Edwards, the second uh, week in a row, you got TJ Brooks mistaken with a linebacker. No, I did it on purpose that time. Oh, I thought I couldn't tell. I thought you were actually, <laughs> Sorry. Like, yeah, no, okay. I did it on purpose. Yeah. That wasn't subtle enough. Uh, okay. So anyway, he, uh, he had, um, 12 tackles today, five solo. He now leads the team um, in tackles, Edwards, with 26 tackles. Uh, And I do think he finds his way around the football quite a bit. Uh, If you check out uh, 53, he is almost always around the football. I think it was a good good pickup free agent-wise when it comes to uh, a defensive piece for polls. Brendan, did you say DJ Moore? I didn't, but I I realized I should have. DJ Moore, do it. That's what I said. And Shell said he's got to take the easy one. And he doesn't say DJ Moore. When's the last? I know Brendan knows this, and they said it in the thing. When is the last time the Chicago Bears had a hundred yard receiver, Brendan? Twenty twenty one. Ooh, 
That's bad. That's really, 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 really bad. Um, and so uh, DJ Moore, six receptions for 104 yards, uh, showing why the Bears gave up so much to keep him, uh, to get him rather. And uh, so, yeah, he was really, really good. Uh, boys, let's let's hit around things that we missed, things that you want to talk about that are missed. Uh, let's go same order. That's Brendan, Patrick, Jack, and I will finish it up. Things that we missed. Oh, boy, things that we missed. Um well, I mean, you guys, Jackie mentioned the no sacks. Um, that was so disappointing. I mean, Baker Mayfield looking like Ben Roethlisberger, just avoiding all those. Yannick Ngakwe should have had two. I mean, leaving him dead to rights. And I did think the pressure was there a bit more. Um, Demarcus Walker, I thought, had a better game. Uh, there were a couple of plays where he was kind of taken out, but I thought he looked a lot better. I thought, like I said, guys, I thought the effort overall looked pretty good for the most part, like it's, it's not a high bar to clear, unfortunately going coming from last week, but at least in that sense, and especially considering the heat was such a, such an issue. Um, that's good to see. And yeah, I'll mention the heat too. I know I picked the bears to win this game at the very last minute because I just mm-hmm. figured, look, they can't start Owen two. They really can't. This is going to be one where they don't, they shouldn't win, but they will. But all throughout the offseason, I had this marked up as a loss because of the fact that playing in Tampa early is so hard. And you saw how many people were they're pouring water on everybody's at, like face. It looked like Jaquan Brisker had an illness. Maybe that was related to the heat. Guys just, especially that defense, being out there as long as they were because the offense kept going three and out. Uh, I thought that was a huge, huge factor. Um, and, uh, yeah, I can't wait till we get – Tevin Jenkins back because the interior of the line just continues to be a nightmare. Um, and last thing, Braxton Jones, worst game I think of his career. That was a, a terrible, terrible showing from him. And uh, hopefully it's not something mm-hmm. that continues because it looked like a, it looked like the worst moments of Charles Leno out there, or dare I say Jamarcus Webb at certain times. How many penalties does he have thus far this season? It's a um, lot. Between two games, it's it's bad. It's He's really bad. trending in the wrong direction. Yeah. I mean, lots of penalties last week. Just looked terrible today. Um, Brandon, you mentioned the interior line. I didn't – I mean, I wasn't paying too close attention, but I, I didn't hear his name get called a lot in a bad way. How, Carter, did he hold up okay? I didn't seem to uh, see him get called out too much. <clears throat> You know, I, I have to look back and check. I I have it recorded. Yeah. I have to rewatch. That's when it. I, I'm interested to see how he's graded out because he, it, you know, when I saw some really bad plays, it didn't look like he was involved in a lot of them. So I wonder if he did okay. I'm anxious to see how that how that shakes out. Um, that, that's interesting. Sorry, Shell's just really interesting. That's sorry. That's really interesting that you say that just because he might be one of the few bright spots seemingly that getting all that, that playing time in the preseason, yeah. you know, may, maybe that's, that's a, that's a guy that you can, you can develop maybe if this coaching staff is capable of doing that. Yeah. That's the big question. And that, that I don't, I don't think they are a um, couple of the things that we missed. Uh, can anybody with with reasonable football brain tell me why you would want Andrew Billings dropping in the coverage? Is that a thing now? Are we making that a thing? That was weird. That was really weird. What's, like what's his size? Like, so, yeah, somebody look at the roster. That's a defensive tackle. That's he's the biggest I, I guy. Go back on the look on, on second and eight, dropping him in coverage. That makes no sense to me. Um, and then there was one other thing that I'm forgetting at the moment. Uh that I didn't, I didn't like, and I'm not going to think of it. So Jack, I'll kick it over you. If I can, if I can remember. 
It's going to come back to you, I think. I think Billings is like incredibly nimble, like a ninja. Uh, he's light on his feet. Uh, I understood that he took some, um, you know, ballet lessons in the off season, and no, none of that's true. Um, three hundred eleven pounds. Three hundred eleven pounds in coverage. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, the fact that uh, you know, I don't think Darnell Wright's name was mentioned a lot, and I think maybe it was Brendan or Shell said that last week, where it's like if you don't hear the offensive lineman's name that often, then that's usually a pretty good thing. And he's a rookie, so that's, I think, really good. And I, I think, too, you know, the other side of the coin when it comes to the lack of sacks uh, for the Bears uh, was that uh, Justin was sacked six times for 42 yards. Curious, how many of those would you give to Justin? Over or under three? Over. Mm, I don't know. More than more than two, though, for sure. Okay. Um, and then the other thing, too, with the defense and the heat, uh, I mean, the time of possession was uh, th- about 35-plus minutes to 24 minutes. Um, Bears defense was on the field quite a bit. I-, I don't know. I felt like the front seven kept thumping on the run especially. I, I just felt like they did not give up when it came to playing re- uh, run defense and like and bringing the wood, like actually hitting and being physical. I thought the two linebackers especially <laughs> flew around pretty pretty damn well. Um, for I think it was just that those third down coverage issues that we had yes. makes it look like the defense is much worse than it is. And it's super surprising because we thought that the defensive backfield would be a strength of ours. But we, I feel like we were in good situations often on first and second and then decent down and distance for third. And then all of a sudden a breakdown somewhere in the secondary and it's all for not. Um, so I don't know. That's something I observed. I want to jump in on that, Jack, because I think that's that's a really good point. Um, yeah, some of those long third downs, I mean, it was kind of part of the fact that you couldn't sack Baker Mayfield or, you know, just escaping the pressure and guys eking out and uh, breaking tackles. I mean, but we also have to remember they were out without two – their two starting safeties for much of the day. And that big Mike Evans gain that got them to like the five-yard line where I think they still settled for a um, – I don't know if they scored. Maybe that was the one they scored, but I know one of them, they settled for a field goal late. Uh, there was no safety help. Guys were out of position. And I don't know if that same thing happens if Jackson and Brisker are both on the field. So, you know, playing down like that, there were some big uh, breakdowns because you were missing a lot of your starting secondary. And don't forget Kyler Gordon and Josh Blackwell both missed the game too. Are there troubles on third down just because they have absolutely no pass rush outside of Yannick and Gakwe? Because for the second week in a row, you made a quarterback that really isn't that great look phenomenal on third down. That's, you know, it, it's not just that, that Baker looked good. It's not that just that Jordan Love looked good. It was on third down that they looked special and they're not, right? You know, I mean, I, I, you know, hey, the Packers lost. So we got that going for us. Uh, so I'm, I wore my uh, Chicago and whoever plays green Bay shirt today, just for that. So yay Atlanta. Uh, but I just, I seriously, as a, as a serious question, why, why are they so bad on third down? I felt like they brought heat a little bit more. You saw Edmonds, I think blitz on the very first passing situational, uh, you know, down in distance, which was good, but they still can't seem to get to anybody. If they bring three or four, who is it that I heard this week talk about that the bottom line on the defensive line is that you don't have elite players who can beat their offensive linemen in one-on-one situations. And it's as simple as that. If you don't have guys, and again, I don't know, you know where the two young rookies are in terms of their pass rush development, 
super early, two games in. Who knows how many reps they've had? Probably pretty limited. But bottom line, if you don't have guys who are elite enough to beat offensive linemen one-on-one, then that's going to seriously damage your your ability to pass rush. That is why you get Yanni Kangakwe, though. That exact situation. Third down along, pin your ears back, get the quarterback. And yeah, yeah, at times he was getting pressure, but he couldn't finish the job. I mean, that's – that's it. That's literally what he's there for. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen a guy whiff. Like, is there a is there a sack whiff rate? Because he <laughs> twice just straight up I don't whiff. Think you want to whiff sacks? I just, You're right. I, well, <laughs> this is the first time I laughed. Like, truly laughed all night. So thank that you. one right thank up on a for it, didn't I, Shells? We got a lot of injuries. Do you think maybe we could uh, like get the team to go listen to dolphins having sex to? Hasten the healing process, or is that a thing? Has nobody seen that? Oh, I, yeah, I was gonna say, I know, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Not, I haven't seen it. Oh, have, uh, get out, scared. get out to Twitter, get out to Twitter. There may be a uh, a certain NFL quarterback that may have a certain lower leg injury that uh, <laughs> may be under the impression that listening to the sounds of dolphins having sexual intercourse will speed up the recovery process. Oh, yeah. God. Uh, is that before or after he saw the uh, the spaceship and the fighter jets going after? This is after. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Whatever, yeah. dude. <laughs> it's real. It's, it's 100% no, yeah, this is real. Yeah, I, I, this face is not because I didn't think it was real. It's just because <laughs> trying to the grasp. Guy. Amazing. Okay, you're trying right, to look, well, figure out yeah, what dolphins no. are like. Sound right. like having sex. So, That's cool. Yeah, let's. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Okay, here we go, boys. Let's just chat very briefly your overall thoughts about next week because I think I know how this is going to go. Brendan, Shells, Jack, and I will finish it up. Thoughts on next week? Um, I'm going to take my security blanket and hold it tight and just make hopefully it makes the pain go away. Um, I really think that this is going to be a beatdown, and I really think that Matt Nagy is going to take a personal, and he's going to do whatever it takes to show off that Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey connection and just do what he needs to do to show, like send a message to the Bears saying you effed up by letting me go. I don't think they did, but I think he's going to try and make them feel that way. Um, And now that Chris Jones is going to have a full game back, I know the Chiefs beat the Jaguars, a decidedly better team than the Bears, I would say at this point. Um, And knowing you're going to Arrowhead, it is good. Yeah, 50-burger. Yeah, wouldn't that be... That would be so apropos for Andy Reid to get a 50 burger against the Bears. I mean, do you think yeah, that, the that, second half that, that happens or because he can eat 50 burgers? Whoa, 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 whoa. He <laughs> that was, man loves that was a good cheeseburger. Nice. That was, okay? not, nice. That was <laughs> not nice. I'm not trying to shame anybody. What well, just I wasn't sorry, but the man no. loves cheeseburgers. He know, hey, he, he loves cheeseburgers. He um, likes no, his I'm nuggies scared. too. What? He likes his nuggies. You guys seen the new commercial? Yeah, I've seen those I actually commercials. get a kick oh, yeah. out of there every time I see yeah. it. It's a little cringy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not looking forward to it. I'll tell you mentally where I was at today. Uh, I love watching my son play baseball. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I was legitimately pissed when the games got rained out because even though it was downpouring, um, I much rather would have sat there and got pneumonia and got even sicker than I already am then watch the Bears play the Tampa Bay Bucks. So you can tell already how excited I am uh, to watch them get their b-holes opened up by the Kansas City Chiefs next week. 
uh, it is not going to be a pleasant experience. Um, I have a feeling we are going to be having another therapy session next Sunday evening. Uh, I joked, um, Ryan, I tweeted out uh, a tweet from our podcast, wondering if we should change the name to the airing of the grievances podcast. Uh, I think tomorrow, next week's going to be another therapy session. And so I'm not looking forward to that, but um, on the bright side, it'll probably free up my Sunday afternoon and I can go play some baseball with my son. How about the bear down and stay down podcast? (laughs) (laughs) I've got a lot of grievances to air with you. Let's get out of this poll and make it happen. So here's the thing. They got nothing to lose. (laughs) There's almost, I mean, I think the line's already at 13 and they're playing Kansas city. And and look, we said Mahomes is probably going to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks to have ever played the game by the time he's all said and done. So, you know what? F it. Like if nothing else, like when we're talking about, is it fields? Is it Getsy? What's, is it development? Let's have some sort of clear and coherent offensive game plan. Cause, cause who the F cares? You're not going to win the game guys. So I, you know, we, we all of a sudden don't run the ball. Like you said, Ryan, we all of a sudden have a love affair with screen passes. We don't know what we are or what we want to do, but we have seen flashes of fluid offense that seem to have some rhythm. So could we bottle just a little bit of that? I mean, I realize it's Kansas city, but I'm looking for little victories. And even if I see just more of what I just described, I will have some happiness in my heart. It will be for small a, and tiny. For a second, for a second there, Jack, I thought you were to say they got nothing to lose. They're going to go and win the game, and I was like, no. "What, Jack? On, no. Like, I'm not bad for you." I was heavily concussed as a as a football player, but not that concussed. Uh, the Chiefs' offense looks really bad uh comparative to how it has in the past matt Nagy's stink is all over that team that being said yes they are absolutely going to come in here and destroy the bears and i hate the fact that they're going to do it at the 325 which means more people are going to watch our embarrassment as opposed to the noon game when very few people watch our embarrassment other than bears fans uh so yeah really not happy about that boys this has been a fun show it's time to get out of here let's get to shout outs let's go brendan patrick jack and i will finish it up shout outs boys I got one shout out. It is to Joey Christopoulos, uh, co-host of the Believe in Bears podcast. Had a awesome time chatting it up with him earlier this week. Um, such a great dude. <clears throat> Hosts an awesome show. He's at Joey Sports Guy on Twitter slash X. And make sure you check out his show. I mean, it's the one with Corey Wooten, uh, the guy who gave us the lasting memory of Brett Favre's last play. But uh, no, they do a fantastic show together. I think Joey is uh, phenomenal as a host and yeah, it was just super fun. I've, we followed each other for a a while now, um, lots of interactions. So, uh, yeah, it was a good time. So shout out to Joey and thank you again for having me. Uh, first and foremost, I want to shout out all the folks that joined us in the uh, live feed tonight. Thank you so much. We had a lot of great comments, a lot of great questions, saw some, some new names I haven't seen. Uh, so thank you for joining us. Hope you enjoyed it. And, uh, Please join us again next week. Um, we are normally a little bit more positive than this, but uh, it also is very therapeutic to come together as Bears fans and and uh, decompress a little bit. Uh, my other shout-outs, uh, one's going to go to a, a Twitter follower of mine who, who I enjoy uh, interacting with and has had some good ones lately uh, to kind of keep my spirits up. 
despite the Bears' troubles. Uh, Jay Hud, he is at Jay Hud seven three two three five four three eight, and I, I feel like that's a secret code for something. And one day I'm going to unlock it, Jay Hud, and maybe it's like to uh, your luggage or some a safe or something. I don't know, but um, I'd be interested to know how you got your your handle and if there's, if there's any significance to those numbers. And then lastly, I'm going to shout out my son. Uh, had a great great weekend in baseball. Uh, today got rained out, unfortunately, halfway through the first game. So we, uh, we didn't get to play much today, but, uh, did really good. Um, this weekend went three for seven against a couple of, uh, triple a teams. So, um, just had a good weekend, had a lot of fun. Uh, it was awesome to be out there and, uh, ruined somewhat by the bears performance this afternoon, but, um, carried me through. So, uh, shout out to him. Uh, love you, buddy. I'll piggyback just a bit from Patrick. Apparently, people really like angry Bear Down Chicago podcast. We have had just a ton of uh, listeners and new followers, um, a lot of downloads. So thanks to the fans. Here's what I'm going to say. Uh, listeners and, and viewers, you're not losers. Ryan, Patrick, and Brendan, you aren't losers. We are winners. I'm going to continue to focus on the winning because I refuse to have this Bears team be my identity. So speaking of 50 burger, how about the psycho Spartans uh, dropping the Ottawa Raiders 48 to nothing. Uh, so they have continued to roll and they are three and oh, and my guy C Connor got in for a, on the entire fourth quarter. So that was pretty cool. And then uh, to my daughter who won her singles match at Jacobs High School, more winning. Uh, I'm not trying to be immodest about the winning. I'm just trying to like soak up the winning. I hope everyone understands that. Uh, and to my Fighting Irish, let's go. Notre Dame Fighting Irish with another win. Uh, moving up the ranks, still in the top 10. Let's go, Irish. Do they need a tight end? Let's go. What's they need up? a tight end. I wonder if we got anybody that's got some Shut eligibility. Right now. You stop it. I'm on a roll. Let, let me go. Um, uh, and that's it. Those are my shout-outs. Winning. It wasn't Cole, it wasn't Cole Komet's fault. <laughs> I, that, it was a great play. It was a really great play by the DB. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, my high school team lost. My college team lost. My Australian <laughs> football team lost. And they're out now. Like, oh. they're, they're done. Uh, my fantasy football team lost. And, oh, the Bears lost. So, uh, yeah. Celebrate that winning, Jack, for all of us, because I got nothing over here. Um, so, yeah, I got a couple. I have three shout outs. Um, just uh, awesome, awesome people. So first is Barilissimo. Everybody knows he is so good at what he does, at breaking down film and doing all those things. And we had some really good civil discourse on to why the Bears sucked so bad last week. Um, you know, I feel like I'm arguing more with Bears fans over that than than I do with other fan bases. Uh, you know, what was the reason why we sucked? And so, but it was really respectful. And I do always appreciate actually having civil discourse. So barely small. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Sandy, Sandy, I'm going to, is it Tom or Thom? I don't know, but he's at suboptimal life. He is awesome. Uh, shot me a, uh, you know, some, some nice words uh, about, you know, last week we were kind of talking about, do we want to keep doing this? Is this like really a thing that we should keep doing? And so, you know, 
Um, he just said some nice things. He, he, we, you know, he really likes what we're doing and said, keep it going guys. So thank you. And the last one goes to my guy, Derek DeBear. Um, I got to meet him in a physical space, boys. Let me just say that this is a really, really, really cool thing to meet, uh, someone on Twitter in, in a real space, you know, Brendan, I, I think back, you know, I invited you onto the former bear down report and you and I struck up a friendship and, and now there's a podcast out of it. Uh, but just even cooler the fact that he, you know, flew over here from Scotland for his very first trip. Um, and we had an absolute blast. We laughed really, really, really hard. We needed that. So Derek, thank you. Much love for you, buddy. For all of us here at the Bear Down Chicago podcast, we know you can get your Bears content anywhere, but you've chosen to hang out with us. We have definitely noticed the, the YouTube numbers bouncing up uh, this, these past two weeks. Maybe we need to have Brennan wear a bag on his head and have uh, Jack drop a lot of F-bombs. Uh, you know, maybe maybe that's, that's what we need on a regular basis. We decided we'd be family-ish, but maybe that's going out the window. I don't know. Uh, Still got the bag. Uh, <laughs> if we need it <laughs> well we're gonna be 0 three next week yeah. so so yeah we, we 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 probably do but regardless folks we just want to say thank you thank you thank you there are so many great bears podcasts out there you can help us out you can share this with a friend you can subscribe we just hit 200 uh subscribers on youtube so that's awesome uh audio numbers are still fantastic we that those twenty thousand downloads folks does not get lost on us we're so so very very thankful for all of you for logan bradley Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Shagru, Jack Wright. I'm Ryan Dangle. Folks, thank you so very, very much. And as always, bear down, Chicago. <laughs>